Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. World tops 2 million new daily COVID-19 cases. U.S. CDC puts Canada in very high-risk category. Guyana should have a seat at the table in all future oil contracts, says former Suriname oil boss. U.S. Virgin Islands governor vows to fight any law aimed at controlling how 540 million COVID relief funds are spent. U.S. Virgin Islands has the second worst economy in USA from 2009 to 2019. China urges U.S. to stop playing Taiwan card. Jamaica Prime Minister makes changes to cabinet. And Suriname denies requests from Caribbean Airlines to resume flights. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, January 11th. We start a report today with a look at the growing COVID cases worldwide. Agency France Press reports that the world recorded more than 2 million daily coronavirus cases on average between January 1st and 7th, with figures doubling in 10 days. An agency France Press tally showed on Saturday. An average of 2,106,118 new daily infections were reported over the seven-day period, shortly after the 1 million case threshold was passed in the week of December 23rd to 29, 2021. New global cases numbers have soared by 270% since the highly contagious Omicron variant was discovered in South Africa in late November. Although early studies suggest Omicron causes less severe illness, experts have warned that the sheer volume of cases fueled by the strain could still overwhelm the health system. Countries around the world have reintroduced restrictions and ramped up vaccination programs in a bid to stem the spread of the virus. Europe, as well as the United States and Canada, are the world's infection hotspots, two regions respectively representing 49% and 33% of global COVID cases in the past week. COVID cases skyrocketed by 47% in Europe and 76% in the United States and Canada compared with the previous week. In related news, Bahamanews.net reports that the world's second largest country by total area, Canada, was moved to the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention's highest risk category for travel on Monday. According to John Hopkins University figures, Canada has recorded 294,437 new cases in a week ending January 8. This is its highest weekly total of the COVID-19 pandemic. Another destination joined Canada, the Caribbean island of Curaçao, in moving up to the CDC Level 4, COVID-19 very high category on Monday, reported CNN. The CDC places a destination at Level 4 when more than 500 cases per 100,000 residents are registered in the past 28 days. The CDC advises travelers to avoid travel to Level 4 countries to curb the spread. 
Crowder News reports that the Guyana government has indicated that it intends to pursue the country's first oil block auction in the third quarter of 2022. When it does this, however, there are regional and international stakeholders who strongly recommend that it would be in the country's best interest for the administration to secure the right to participate in the contract governing the oil block being sold. Specifically, former head of Statsoli, Suriname's national oil company, Rudolf Ilias, said the right to participation would allow Guyana a seat at the table to examine all costs associated with the offshore concession, thereby making the auditing process less problematic. As he provided advice on how Guyana can make the best of its first oil block auctions, Elias said, I would say to Guyana's authorities to have this process well advertised and very transparent and open. Everybody who bets should be at the table to see who else is in the bidding process. Transparency brings the best results. And I would say also to be sure that Guyana has, you know, a good part of the pie. I'm not talking about money and I'm not talking about the oil. I'm talking about participation rights because participation gives you so much more knowledge than just normal education about the sector. Elias, who has 30 years' experience in the industry, also advised Guyana to have an independent seismic survey conducted before the auction. Though this can be costly, he noted that this allows the country to better understand the prospectivity of its block, thereby increasing the bets made by international companies. Essentially, countries would know what their assets are worth and avoid being lowballed. Vice President and local oil czar Dr. Barjet Jadigo had disclosed that the auction will require that the government aggressively enforces the relinquishment provisions in the contracts it has with companies such as ExxonMobil. Tolloway and Repsol. To go to an auction, however, Jigdio said the government would have to make several policy decisions. He said, we will have to get someone who has done this before. We have to get some technical help. Secondly, we have to also make a decision like some countries are doing, whether we want to invest like Suriname is doing, to shoot 3D seismic and then auction the block with seismic data, which gives us a higher price. The article states that another key consideration, he said, is whether government should preclude existing companies such as ExxonMobil to be a part of the bidding round. It should note that ExxonMobil is the only company which has a hold on the largest acreage in Guyana's basin. If it acquires more, it would only serve to increase its its monopoly. The Virgin Islands Consortium reports that concerns about the constitutionality of the U.S. Virgin Islands Legislator Bill No. 34-0073, which mandates transparency, accountability, and oversight over federal COVID-19 relief and economic stimulus funds allocated to the territory, has caused delays in the bill going through all legislative steps. The consortium reported that Governor Albert Bryan says that he will challenge the legislation in court if lawmakers approve it. 
In an interview with the consortium on Monday, the governor said that the Senate cannot legally tell the administration how to spend the funds because it must be dispersed in accordance with regulations already established by the federal government. The funds of $550 million currently sitting in two of the largest U.S. Virgin Islands banks provide the U.S. Virgin Islands its part of the $1.9 trillion coronavirus aid relief package approved in March 2021 by the U.S. Congress. The Senate can have hearings and ask what we are doing, and we have been totally transparent with them. They can look at the plan and make suggestions, but the bottom line is the federal government is the one that regulates that money coming into the Treasury, Mr. Bryan said, while pointing out that only last week Friday, the rules for spending the money were made available. We've beaten the Senate several times already in court, and if they move to control this money, that is what we will do, the governor said. It is time-consuming to send someone to the Senate to talk about these funds when there aren't any suggestions from the legislature as to what to fund. If you are so concerned, why don't you submit a list of funding items, he suggested to the legislature. Explaining the intention of the bill, Senator Donna Fred Gregory, president of the 34th legislature and sponsor of the measure, said she did not put the bill on the last agenda during the most recent Senate session because there is overarching concern about its constitutionality. The intention is for both the administration and lawmakers to work together when it comes to spending the funds on projects that are in the best interest of the territory, despite the regulations from the federal government, Ms. Fred Gregory said in a response to the governor's remarks. He wants us to send up what we are proposing. I believe if we are going to move the territory forward, we should do it in a very structured way. We have to sit at the table and talk about what are the things that are important, push, pull, and determine what all of the things are going to be included, not I send you a list of projects, she said. The bill, if it becomes law, would require the governor of the U.S. Virgin Islands to submit to the legislature proposed projects, programs, and other uses for the expenditure of federal funds designated for the territory under the American Rescue Plan Act and the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. It would also require the final allocations of all federal funds to be authorized by the legislature, and it would require the Office of Management and Budget to submit to the legislature a full accounting report of all federal relief or economic stimulus funds received, obligated, and dispersed under the American Rescue Plan Act and the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. The Virgin Islands Consortium also reports that the U.S. Virgin Islands is among U.S. states, territories, and tribal governments that the U.S. government is getting ready to provide with $10 billion to help small businesses, including startups, gain access to capital in a bid to spur a broader economic recovery that includes businesses in disadvantaged communities. Qualified jurisdictions must apply for funding. 
called the State Small Business Credit Initiative, the program whose funding is coming from the 1.9 trillion coronavirus aid package that Congress passed in March 2021, will release the funding to local governments for efforts that provide venture capital or encourage local lenders to issue loans to small firms. The U.S. Treasury Department will commence disbursement of the funding in the first quarter of 2022, with local governments having flexibility to execute their programs with parameters set by the Treasury Department. According to the Wall Street Journal, a Treasury Department official said the funds are not meant to fill revenue holes caused by the COVID-19 pandemic, but rather to help small businesses find sources of capital to support their long-term recovery and growth. The program will set aside $1.5 billion for businesses owned by socially and economically disadvantaged people. Another $500 million was earmarked for businesses with fewer than 10 employees, according to the Wall Street Journal. The program was originally authorized as a part of the Small Business Job Act of 2010 during the Obama administration as a means to assist small businesses following the Great Recession of 2007 to 2000. At the time, the program's funding totaled $1.5 billion, and it was administered by the Secretary of the Treasury from 2010 through September 27, 2017. In other news coming out of the U.S. Virgin Islands, the Virgin Islands Free Press via the Bond Buyer reports that the U.S. Virgin Islands has the second worst economy in the United States, with only Hawaii worst, over the 10-year period before COVID-19, Bond Buyer reports. The news outlet says that the U.S. Virgin Islands shrunk 24% in real terms from 2009 to 2019 in a report by Robert Slavin on Friday. The territory's economy has continued to struggle in the past two years, with the island's employment down 9.5% from February 2020 to October 2021, according to New York Federal Reserve's Bank Early Benchmark Employment Data, Bond Buyer said. Of the 50 states, only Hawaii has performed worse. A Moody Investor Service report from October said one of the factors explaining the territorial government's CAA3 rating, rated as poor quality and very high-risk credit, is a small and highly concentrated economy. The time period from 2009 to 2019 covers three territorial administrations, the de Young administration, the MAP administration, and the current Bryan administration. HaitiNews.net via Xinhua News reports that China has urged Lithuania not to act as a pawn for anti-China forces and urged the United States to stop playing the Taiwan card, Foreign Ministry spokesperson Wang Wenbin said Monday. Wang made the remarks at a daily press briefing when asked to comment 
on U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai's remarks concerning China. The United States distorted China's legitimate measure to safeguard its national sovereignty as coercion, which has fully exposed the hypocrisy and deception of the U.S. discourse bullying, Wang said. Wang said that speaking of coercion, the U.S. government forced the military government of Haiti to step down in 1994 and referred to it as a textbook example of coercive diplomacy. In 2003, it explicitly listed 30.3 billion U.S. dollars of military expenses for coercive diplomacy. It spared no effort to crack down on its competitors like Alstom and Toshiba and coerced the TSMC, Samsung, and other companies to provide to the United States chip supply chain data. This is flat-out blackmail diplomacy, he said. Wang stressed that the fact is clear that Lithuania violated its political commitment it had made upon the establishment of diplomatic ties with China and created a false impression of one China, one Taiwan in the world. People of insight in Lithuania have also criticized this, he added. We urge Lithuanian side to correct its mistake and not to act as a pawn for anti-China forces. We also warn the U.S. side that playing the Taiwan card is counterproductive and will get itself burnt, Wang said. Jamaica Information Service reports that Prime Minister Andrew Holness has advised the Governor General of changes to the Executive Cabinet. The newly appointed ministers will be sworn in at a virtual ceremony today, Tuesday, January 11, 2022. The changes take into account the need for greater focus and attention on constitutional and legal reform, as well as improving the pace of development and passage of legislation through the parliament. These changes are also designed to facilitate greater coordination and synergy of resources on further increasing the number of housing solutions at affordable prices, as well as the development and pursuit of new economic opportunities, such as the blue and green economy, as we recover from the pandemic. The article states that as the government moves towards fulfilling its mandate, increasing the pace of implementation of projects, and transitioning its management of the pandemic, there is also a greater need for coordination in the dissemination of timely and accurate information to the public. For a listing of the cabinet changes, see the full story online at Jamaica Information Service website at jis.gov.jm. Caribbean Airlines celebrates its 15th anniversary and the rollout of its marketing campaign for 2022, named Reset Expectations. Reset Expectations is the overarching theme that will underpin everything that is done at Caribbean Airlines, reflecting its signature service and reinforcing the authenticity of the Caribbean brand. Caribbean Airlines CEO Garvin Madeira commented, surviving the past 
two years was testimony of our resilience, and we are now re-energized. The Reset Expectations campaign is the result of feedback from our customers and employees, and validated by sound data. We've listened closely to the sentiments which enable us to refocus on enhancing the customer experience. In the coming months, our customers can look forward to new products and services, all crafted with their needs in mind. We're really excited about the planned improvements, and everyone can stay informed via our social media channels and follow us on hashtag recalibrate as we reset expectations in 2022. One of the most anticipated features of the new campaign is the renewal of the airline's jet fleet and the entry into service of the Boeing 737-8, the most technologically advanced aircraft in the world. The new aircraft has lower fuel and maintenance costs and is outfitted with room for 160 passengers. The 737-8 is quieter, more sustainable, and environmentally friendly, and will be integral to the airline's long-term competitiveness. In celebration of its 15th anniversary, Caribbean Airlines will also reward customers with additional air miles, chances to win free travel, and a 15% 24-hour sale on all destinations, carded for January 15th. Barbados Today reports that Suriname still peeve at the treatment meted out to its nationals by the Trinidad-based Caribbean Airlines is reported to have denied the airline's request to resume flights to the Dutch-speaking country. As long as Caribbean Airlines does not fix its issues with its passengers and travel agencies, it will not receive permission from me to resume operations. Suriname is a country where rules apply and order prevails, said Albert Jupathana, Suriname's Minister of Transportation, Communication and Tourism. Suriname said the airline, unlike others, did not look after its passengers who were stranded here when the airspace was closed to regular commercial flights in March 2020 as a part of measures to curb the spread of the coronavirus pandemic. Media reports here said that since Suriname reopened its airspace and regular flights have resumed, several international airlines have resumed their operations, but that Caribbean Airlines has not yet received permission to resume flying the route. And finally, the Sinkitz Nevis Observer reports that Britain's Prince William appealed for innovators around the world to submit nominations for his Earthshot Prize, a competition aimed at finding new ways to tackle climate change. William and his charity, the Royal Foundation, launched a prize in 2020 inspired by U.S. President John F. Kennedy's 1962 moonshot speech that challenged Americans to go to the moon by the end of the decade. The prize to be awarded to five winners every year until 2030 is billed as the most prestigious of its kind. Each winner will receive a grant of one million pounds or 1.4 million U.S. dollars to develop and scale up their ideas. This year's prize will go to projects aimed at 
tipping point issues, where there are opportunities to create significant benefits over the next few years, the foundation said. These include personal transportation, agriculture that restores the environment, buildings designed to minimize pollution and energy use, and initiatives that extend the life of clothing, food, and plastic products. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, January 11th. I'm Keisha Wallace, thanking you for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news right here Monday through Friday. Be sure to spread the word to family, friends, and associates. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, now Meta. Meta.